0: Hallelujah. Praise God. Welcome back, friends. You're welcome to a word of victory for you today. In Jesus' name. Father, we just... We just lift up your name right now. We worship you, Lord. You are the God of majesty. You are the God of righteousness. There is no one like you, Father. There is nothing impossible to you. Father, we bless you today. We bless the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, your name is the name that is above all names. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we declare, Lord Jesus, you are, you are king of all kings and Lord of all lords, you are king over our nation Lord and we praise you Lord Jesus we, we say in the name of Jesus we say to you devil you coronavirus you, we, we, we decrown you you know, Corona means crown and the the devil is trying to wear this crown right now and trying to dictate and manipulate and control the world through the fear of this virus and the threat of the spread of it. In Jesus name, we take authority over that foul, evil, uh, demonic force that's wearing a crown because there is only one who wears the crown and that is Jesus, the King of all kings. And we praise you and we thank you, Lord Jesus, that the coronavirus has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. So we. Pl- the blood of Jesus against it all around each one of us our families our homes our households our workplaces our schools our children father we praise you for the power and the authority that you have given us in the name above all names in the name of Jesus and through the blood that Jesus Christ shed for us and the word of our testimony which is as we proclaim your word father god as we proclaim your name and the goodness of your uh, of your name the power and the authority that you have given us lord in your name we withstand every attack of the enemy father in the evil day will you be able to stand hallelujah friend if you're not armed with the word of god you will not be able to stand it's time to cut the messing like i said before my father used to have a saying cut the comedy That meant, you know, there was things were getting really serious now. And 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 that is the way we need to be. We need to get serious with God and get serious and get knowledge from his word to arm ourselves against every attack of the enemy in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm, you know, I've been praying and, and seeking the Lord and I've been hearing a word and that word is yield, yield. You know, a yielded vessel is, is, is. One who, who allows somebody else to, uh, to instruct and direct them. And as we yield to the Spirit of God, to the Holy Spirit, He will direct our paths. He will uh, show us the way to go. And no matter what situation you're facing, maybe your job is in peril, maybe, um, you know, maybe your business is, is, is looking bleak um, with all these lockdowns and, and the threat of this virus. But friend, I encourage you today to encourage yourself in the Lord. The world has no answers for you. Banks have no answers for you. Uh, you know, um, intelligence and philosophies have no answer for you. The only answer you're going to find is inside in the word of God, and the only one who can find it is yourself. That's why we have a, you know, a walk with the Lord where we are yielded vessels and allow him to speak to us, to use us for his glory. Let's go to John chapter 10 and just do a little study here. Uh, Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you and we praise you today for your word, and we thank you for your precious Holy Spirit and the anointing upon your word, Lord, for deliverance, for healing, for breakthrough, Father God, for provision, for protection, Lord, for these my brothers and my sisters in Christ, in Jesus' name. I bless them today, Father. I thank you, Lord, for turn around in their situations, Lord. I thank you that as we study this word today, that you will bring a rhema word, Uh, you will bring your word to life to them, Lord, and bring revelation and fresh fire from heaven upon them today, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. In John chapter 10, Jesus has this interaction here and encounter where he's teaching his disciples about true shepherds and ravenous wolves and and false shepherds, you know, false um, uh, people being used by the enemy to come in and attack his sheep. And Um, I love that picture of Jesus as the shepherd and as as God as our good shepherd and all through the Bible you can see that that vein um, where he really you know I, I believe the Lord loves being our shepherd he loves being the one to protect us being the one to... um, I just think of Psalm 121, you know, it says, the Lord who watches over you, he never sleeps nor slumbers. The Lord who watches over Israel, neither sleeps nor slumbers. God never sleeps. He's constantly watching out for his people and his sheep. And by the way, for his land of Israel. And if that's something that you need to get right, friend, listen, the Lord is very clear in, in Genesis and right through the Bible, that he will curse those who curse his land, those ones who come to try and divide up his land of Israel uh, are, are putting themselves uh, into the hands of the living God and our God is a consuming fire and uh, you know you're, uh, you're coming against God himself when you come against the Jewish people and the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. And you need to get that right in your head because God said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. This was, he was speaking to Israel. He will curse those who curse Israel. He will bless those who bless Israel, who bless the Jewish people, who pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, And he said, in you, in the land of Israel and in the Jewish people, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And we need to realize that all of our blessings from God uh, have come through uh, the land of Israel and his people, the Jews. So we honor them and bless them today. And Father, we do pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray, Father, for your hand of protection upon your people, the Jewish people all over the world, wherever they are, Father God. We cover them, Lord, and we pray, Father, that they would uh, have uh, your hand of protection upon them and blessing. And prosperity, and that they would come to know their Messiah Jesus. We praise you and we thank you. Well, here in John chapter 10, John's Gospel, he's revealing himself as the Good Shepherd. And you know, he, he shows that um, there are many strangers who come and try and manipulate or control the sheep, but they are not true shepherds. Let's read it together in John chapter 10 from verse one. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings his own sheep when he brings out his own sheep he goes before them and the sheep follow them follow him for they know his voice yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers hallelujah this is something here you know Jesus wants us as we study his word what we do is we're learning all about the character and the nature of God Jesus said you know, to his disciples, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Because Jesus is, is the face of God. He is God come down in the flesh. And so he wants us to know what's in his heart. And he wants us to be able to hear his voice clearly and respond to it and obey him. And he went on to them and he said, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and find pasture. You know, there are many people who say so many um, things like, oh, there are many ways to God. Oh, if you pray to this person, if you pray to this one and this one, they will get you some good brownie points and get you in uh, to heaven. You know, you, you sort of go in the side door. It's okay though, you'll still get in, and you'll still uh, find favor with God if you pray this way through this door. Jesus said, I am the door. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, he said in John 14. So this needs to be um, corrected in people's heads uh, and in their hearts and their spirits, that there is only one way. The Bible says there's only one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus, the Messiah who came to die on the cross. It was only Jesus who died on the cross. No one else did. No one else died for the world's salvation upon the cross except Jesus Christ, because he was the only one who never sinned. He was able to offer his perfect sinless blood because he had no human father. His father is God. The blood of the child comes from the, the bloodline of the child comes from the father's line. And therefore, Jesus could not have a human father. Because human blood is contaminated with sin. That's why his father was God. And that's why he was able to offer his perfect life and his perfect blood for our sins. So that we could uh, receive in that exchange, receive his right standing with God. And he took our sin. That's what the cross was about, and that's the gospel in a nutshell. God so loved the world. He so loves you, friend, that he sent his only son, his only begotten son, to die in your place and in mine so that we could be made right with God, so that we could be forgiven of our sins and cleansed as if we had never sinned, and so that we could be brought into God's family, reconciled as his son, as his daughter, and blessed and live strong, healthy lives on this earth. Prosperous lives. Lacking nothing. And when we die one day we will go to be with the Lord. Not die prematurely. That is not of the Lord. That's a curse. Anyway, let's go back to this. I am the door, he said in verse 9. If anyone enters by me he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling. That word means just a hired man, and he does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. He's talking about the the Gentiles there, because you see, he was speaking to his brothers, the Jews, his brethren. And then he was saying, there's others that I must go and bring into the flock. And they are the Gentiles. Therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. This command I have received from my father. So then, of course, they all started um, fighting amongst each other and saying, this guy's got a demon and, and all kinds of things. Um, you know, but praise God. In verse 20, let's go to 25. Jesus told them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my father's name, they will bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand I and my father are one hallelujah and you know we've spoken about this in the past and I just want to reiterate it again sheep know only their master's voice sorry sheep respond only to their master's voice I had a great chat with Um, a person who has uh, sheep and uh, this was all explained to me very well you know that uh, two shepherds can go into a field of sheep and one shepherd owning the flock let's say and the other a different shepherd who owns different sheep and those two shepherds can say exactly the same instruction or the same thing to that flock of sheep and those sheep will not lift their heads when the other shepherd speaks they will only respond to the voice of their own shepherd isn't that amazing and you know that uh, person with the sheep told me that they know everything about their sheep they know who their parents were they know who their offspring they could pick out their lambs there they know all about their health record um you know things they've been through they they constantly check them and, and look after them and nurture them and this is what jesus was re- referring to himself here as the good shepherd the one who tends and cares for and ministers to and protects and provides for his sheep And if we just pop over to Psalm 23, David had such a revelation of this because David himself was, of course, a shepherd boy. And uh, that's where we first meet David in the Bible is that he's outminding his father's sheep. And, you know, when he goes to face Goliath, um, he, the king at the time, King Saul, tried to put... Um, the king's armor on David when when David um, volunteered to go out and uh, meet the giant Goliath on the battlefield and kill him. Uh, you know they all started laughing in the army because this was just a young boy and he was just a shepherd boy and then they said okay look you know he's the only one who's volunteered so let's send him Uh, this is going to be terrible you know they were thinking in their in their own minds this is going to be carnage and so the king said look put my armor on you and he he tried to fit the armor on David's um, body but David was only a teenage boy he was about 17 I think some Bible historians say And this armour was way too big and way too heavy for him. And he said, I I can't wear that. I'll just go with what I know. And all he took with him was his slingshot. You know, was David some kind of a Dennis the Menace? I think he might have been. (laughs) And um, he took his slingshot and he picked up five smooth stones out of the brook. You can read about it in 1 Samuel um, chapter 17. And I think it's one of the greatest uh, testimonies of God's hand of victory uh, using uh, a human being that there is in the Bible, to be honest. But anyway, um, okay, let's turn over there for a minute. It's it's 1 Samuel 17. Keep your finger in Psalm 23 and we'll come back to it. Because this is, I just want to lay a foundation of where David was coming from. So... Um, in 1 Samuel 17 this giant Goliath would come out every morning and every evening and shout insults across at the Israelite army and say you know you send out one of your men to fight me um, this guy was over 9 feet tall he was a, a, really was a giant and he was a man of war and he wanted um, to I suppose he used psychological warfare on the Israelite army by saying, you just send out one man to fight me and if he kills me, we will serve you. But if I kill him, you will all serve us. And of course, nobody in the Israelite army wanted to go and volunteer because in the natural, there was no way they could beat this giant. And you know, for many people today, we're in a situation where this giant of this virus has got people terrified. And Praise God, Uh, you know, they they see no way out. They're totally overwhelmed and their minds and their hearts are are, are being taken over by the fear and the dread and the torment related to the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, the Bible is a manual for life. There's something in here for every person, for every day of every life and for every situation that you could ever face. And here the Israelites were facing this army that they had no way of conquering. And so David came on the scene. He happened to to go to the battlefield to bring some supplies to his brothers. And he heard that there was a reward for the one who would kill uh, Goliath. And that got him interested. And so he volunteers. Now he's the only one to have volunteered. and. The king just says, you know, how could you do it? You're just a kid. And let's pick it up there in verse 32, 1 Samuel 17:32, And I'm reading it from the NLT, the New Living. Don't worry about the Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go and fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And he has been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord, listen to this, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. So there David laid out what and who he was trusting in. He was not trusting in his own strength. He was trusting in God. And he had seen God so many times in the past in small tests and in scary tests. I I can't imagine what it must be like to face a lion and go and take a, a little lamb out of his mouth. I think I would run, but David didn't. He went and he took the, the lamb back off the line and clubbed it to death. And that was all preparation for this day. And like I said in the last podcast, friend, who knows, but for such a time as this, that you have been placed upon this earth and in the place where you are, in the place where you work, in your business, in your community, in your workplace, in your, in your school. Who knows that for such a time as this, God has placed you there. And I tell you, friend, today that the Lion of Judah, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have pinned your hopes on him, and if you know that in yourself you have nothing and you have no power, but that in him, in Christ, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If you know that, friend, you have the Lion of Judah living inside of you, and there is nothing and no one who can defeat you. And this is not mind over matter or positive thinking. This is (laughs) knowing that in ourselves we are weak, but in him we are strong. Hallelujah. This is what David was doing. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. In verse 38. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I am not used to them. So David took them off again and he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd bag. Then, armed with only his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. And you know, for many people, this virus or financial breakdown or whatever economic collapse is screaming at people. You're never going to make it. This is going to get you. It's going to get all your family. It's going to take your business. It's going to leave you destitute. You'll never go anywhere again. Nothing will ever be the same again. It's screaming at people. And it's time for the body of Christ, the people who are believing in Jesus Christ, to stand up and say, back off, devil. Point your finger in the, in the, in the enemy's eye and take your authority over him and dominion because you've been given authority in the name of Jesus. And this is what David did. He didn't bow down under this guy uh, cursing him. Instead, he roared back at him. You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, and then he prophesied at the giant. He prophesied his future to him. Today, the Lord will conquer you. The Lord will conquer you. Not me, not himself. The Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. You know, Goliath had... Threatened and intimidated and tried to bully David with his cursing and his swearing and his telling him that he was gonna feed him to the birds and the animals. And David turned it around and basically said, It's the Lord who's fighting for me, and he is the one who will defeat you for me. He will give me victory over you, and then I'll kill you, and then I will give all of the bodies of your men to the birds of the air and the and the animals. So he turned the whole thing back on the enemy, and this is what the church needed. Needs to do. Stop going around saying, oh my God, what's going to happen next? I can't take any more. That's how the unbelievers react. And everyone will know, the world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Praise God. Maybe it's time for you to take that friend and write it out. And every time thoughts of fear and doubt and dread and, and whatever negative prophecies of doom are coming at you, about surges and about waves and about thousands and thousands of people and about millions and millions of of pounds, euros, dollars uh, being lost forever Maybe it's time for you to take this piece of scripture and speak it at the devil, and go nose to nose with him, and point your finger in his face and say, "Get out of here in Jesus' name! You're an illegal operator, and I will not listen to that." And I thank you, Father, that you are the one who rescues us. You are the one who gives us victory in every situation. You said you'd never leave us or forsake us, Father. And I'm pinning my hope and pinning my flag to your mast, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I can't do it in myself, but there's nothing impossible to you, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that you have given us all things. You've given us dominion over Satan, over his snakes and his scorpions. You've given us the authority in the name of Jesus. You've given us the blood of Jesus. You gave us your son. He already defeated Satan at the cross of Calvary. He disarmed Satan. He made a public spectacle of him. And he wiped out the handwriting that was against me, that he could bring as accusations before the throne of heaven against me because of his blood being shed for me I am washed and cleansed and I am your child and I thank you Father you're my shepherd you're the one who provides for me and protects me you're the one who brings deliverance and victory to me in Jesus name that's what you need to do friend that's what David did And then Goliath moved closer to attack in verse 48. And David quickly ran to meet him. David didn't, you know, kind of stall on and wait to see what he'd do. He ran at him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. He hit him right between the eyes. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheet, and David used it to kill him and cut off his head, just as he had prophesied. That's what he had. And this ties in so much with the fruit of our own lips. Death and life are in the power of our tongues and they who love it will eat the fruit of it. Listen, we need to make sure our words are lining up with the, God, with the scripture, with the word of God, with his promises. And the only way of doing that is by studying his word and learning it for yourself. Is there, uh, you know, anything else you can do? There's no other quick way around it. There's no fast pass. You need to take the word of God and study it, meditate on it. And use it then. Proclaim it out of your mouth. Hallelujah. So that's how David um, got great success that day, and it changed his whole destiny. He had already been anointed as the, you know, by Samuel. If you read back in First Samuel, chapter sixteen. And the anointing of God was upon that boy's life. And God had trained him out in the wilderness. He had trained him in the small things so that when the day of the big thing came, David was able to stand, was able to overcome and conquer and get great success. And that is the same for you. It's in the small things. It's in the acts of obedience. It's in the trials that you grow from. And that's where you learn your Uh, you know, you learn all about God's character, about his nature and about his power that no folk can withstand. Hallelujah. There's many people who are you know, uh, in situations where they want to dictate uh, their own lives. I, I, I'm in charge of my life. I'll do what I want, when I want. And, you know, they have disregarded the laws of God. They have disregarded God and, and figure he, he doesn't even exist. And, and, you know, he means nothing to me. And how wrong they are because one day when they close their eyes, they will meet him as judge if they don't know him here on this earth as Savior. In Proverbs 19 verse 21, it says, there are many plans in a man's heart. Many are the plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, it's the Lord's counsel that will stand. It's the Lord's plans that will stand. We need to learn to know God to know his word, and then to obey his word. And how we obey his word is we yield to his spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Praise God. It says in in, um, Proverbs as well, you know, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's the Holy Spirit. He is your best friend. If you ask Jesus into your life, his spirit, his Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you and he is the presence of God and he will never leave you. Um, He he is always with you and you can talk to him about your deepest, deepest uh, needs and and, uh, your problems, your joys, your everything. He is there for you to fellowship with and you know fellowship is so important and right now people are being isolated in their homes and they're being told you know you can't leave your home, you can't mix with other people, not even your family. This is a complete uh trap by the devil to try and break people's uh, break down people and 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 overwhelm them and cause them to you know almost lose their minds, this isolation and this fear and terror, looking at other people with suspicion in case they have the virus and I catch it off them or something you know this this playing on people's emotions. And, you know, praise God, we submit to the authorities, we do what, you know, what what, um, the law is, but listen, friend, you need fellowship and the church has been closed is absolutely ridiculous because more than ever, people need their faith. But listen, like we said in the last podcast, the gates of hell will not prevail against God's church and it's his plans, his plans will stand. Like we said in in Proverbs chapter 19, 21, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's God's counsel, it's his plans that will stand. And there are people who will eat their hats when they see the glory of God moving. And when they see the church, the body of Christ, the members, the individual members of the church of Jesus Christ rising up and taking back the territory that the enemy has stolen from them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, in, um, wh- when, when people meet together and fellowship together and study the Word of God together and pray together and break bread, that's what the first church was doing. And like I said before, our pastor Breda has said for years and she has been prophesying this and I know that she's been prophesying this for such a time as this, because now we're in this time where the church is going back into people's homes. It's how Word of Victory started. This uh, fellowship started as a little group of friends meeting together and praying together, praying for each other, praying for other people then who they'd hear of who were sick would come here and, and get a uh, prayer for healing from Pastor Joan Breida and healings and, and deliverances and all kinds of miracles. And it was all from their own home, from their own house. And it's still a very much family orientated house church today. But listen, that's not because of, you know, it being special, something special about these people or about us here. That's for everybody. That's the church that Jesus left on the earth. The disciples went from house to house, meeting each in each other's homes, breaking bread, praying, studying the scriptures. And the result of that was that everywhere they went, there were healing signs and miracles. Demons were cast out. Uh, people were healed and delivered and set free and the church grew because of that. But it was based on the foundation of Jesus Christ upon the cross and what he did for us. Hallelujah. You need support. So if there's you know somebody who you can phone and you can talk together on the on a, a video call or on a phone call and break bread together and pray together if you can't meet together in your homes, you need fellowship. Jesus said, you know, in in Timothy, is it Timothy or Hebrews? Do not forsake, Hebrews, the joining together of yourselves, as some have done. But even more, as you see the day approaching, even more, as you see the day of of the Lord approaching, we need to be praying together. We need to be, uh, you know, supporting and encouraging each other. Because there are days, everyone has bad days. Everyone has days where the enemy, you know, pushes those trigger buttons to try and wear people down. Praise God. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. His name is the Holy Spirit. And allow him to minister to you. Allow him to strengthen your heart. He will strengthen you from the inside. You see friend, many people try and go to the gym and and I've been hearing this the last few days and it's been trending and everything on Twitter. You know that people are more upset about gyms being closed than they are about the church. And that's the truth because the gym Uh, The shopping malls, the, the bars and the restaurants are their church because they have never seen the goodness of God being released from the church in many areas and many communities. The church is silent and dead. And that is not right. It's time for the church, the individual members, to rise up in the places they're in, in their homes, in their marketplaces, in their jobs, in their businesses, and reach out to the one next to you. How many people go into work every day and and have never in their life, uh, you know, spoken to anybody or lifted them up or encouraged them and said, I'm a Christian, you know, uh, um, can I pray with you? Hearing people's problems, hearing the things they're going through and never displaying or demonstrating the kingdom of God by praying for that person or, or perhaps if it's some kind of lack or poverty by giving them something. It takes finances to preach the gospel. And many Christians have been very slow to do that, to, you know, it's all about me. There's a, there's a, a religious spirit and, and a spirit of poverty attached to it that, you know, tells people, I need this for me and all, all I need is, is just enough for me to get by. What a load of, oh. do you know that there's a world starving out there? They're not only starving for the Word of God, but they're starving physically to death. Many people are waiting for breakthrough, waiting for breakthrough, waiting for God to do something. I've been waiting for 30 years and he still hasn't done it. And you know what? They've never once in their life considered sowing a seed uh, to bring healing or to bring water or to bring food to some Uh, poverty stricken people, you know there's so many Christian organisations that are working Uh, James Robison and Life Today I mean that man uh, and and his ministry, he's brought water, wells all over Africa and different nations where, where there's absolute poverty where children are not allowed to go to school because they have to walk four, seven, eight miles every day in order to get canisters of water for their family so they can't go to school and he has Doug Waterwells, not just him, but many Christian organizations. Operation Blessing, CNN, or sorry, not CNN, Operation Blessing from uh, CBN and uh, 700 Club. And who else? Uh, praise God, all the ones who are dealing with sex trafficking, trying to deliver children, uh, children who are living on the streets, who are orphans. My God the need that is in the world today, the need more than ever for a light to shine in the darkness, not just for darkness from coronavirus, but darkness from every demonic thing that the enemy has used to torment and to create anguish and turmoil in people's lives. You know, in Isaiah 58, it says that when uh, the believers start to do that and stop pointing the finger. Stop judging and criticizing each other and others and unbelievers, and instead start giving and start looking after the poor, the widows, the orphans, the oppressed, and start bringing them the good news. Then your light will break forth, then your healing will quickly appear. Hallelujah. And so, it's as we join together in agreement with each other, you know, the church, the fivefold ministry is to equip. The individual members of the body of Christ To go out and bring the gospel In their places In their communities In their homes In their towns In their uh, workplaces That's what the gospel That's what the church uh, Joining together and, and hearing God's word is for It's not uh, you know a nice like Kind of an hour spent there Listening to some nice preacher And, and have your ears tickled It's for you to go and do something with it the works of service. You are being trained up for for such a time as this, to go out and accomplish the things which God has preordained for you to do, even before the foundation of the world. He, uh, you know, you're his masterpiece. And he has a masterpiece uh, um, plan for you, and for your life, and for your family. And as the members of the body of Christ step out in faith, even in darkness, God will bring the light. He will bring the power. That's what David did. He stepped out in faith and he ran at that giant. He had no strength or power in himself, but he trusted God. And God showed up and showed off. (laughs) And caused that stone. Imagine that. That's how good he was um, at, at a slingshot. That stone hit exactly between the giant's eyes and knocked him out, and David took out his own sword and killed him with it. And that's what's going to happen when the body of Christ realizes who we are and the power and the authority that we carry is that every plan that the devil has used against people, against families, against nations, will blow up in his own face. You, as an equipped, Bought blood, washed with the blood, filled with the spirit of God, believer in Jesus Christ. You are armed and equipped with his word and you are a danger to the kingdom of darkness. And the demons know that. And that is why they have been, uh, the enemy has been working overtime to steal, to kill and to destroy you and your family. He has uh, done everything he can to bring oppression or depression or whatever, abuse, uh, whatever it is, maybe poverty, lack, breakdowns, mental health issues. He has done everything he can to torment and, and create anguish in your life so that you would be disabled from doing the things that God has created for you to do. Okay, let's look at two more scriptures going to look at Jeremiah chapter 29 first of all. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29. And I know you know this. I can hear you say, I know that. I know you know it, but let's look at it again. (laughs) Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. Read it with me. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then, you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart I will be found by you says the Lord and I will bring you back from your captivity you know the enemy has been holding people captive in 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 fact it says in the word of God in waterless dungeons He's been holding you captive. He's been holding your family captive, captive to the sins of the past, the things that have been coming down, the generations that have brought curse and and all kinds of disaster upon families. But Jesus said, you know, the thief may come to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I came, we read it, didn't we, in John 10. Jesus came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. Abundant life, more than enough more than enough for you and more than enough for you to give unto every good work. A blessed life, full of joy, full of peace, full of provision, full of power, his power. Hallelujah. While you're in Jeremiah, actually turn back to Isaiah chapter. um, I said two, didn't I? But now I'm going to go with four. (laughs) Isaiah chapter uh, 60. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 and 2, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Now let's read that and personalize it. I will arise, I will shine, for my light has come. Say it with me. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon me, For behold, even though darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people, the Lord will arise over me and his glory will be seen upon me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to use me as a vessel of honor to bring your light and your glory into the dark world. I thank you, Father, for the power in the name of Jesus, my Lord and Savior, and the power in the blood of Jesus that he shed at the cross for me to be saved will be seen upon my life. Hallelujah. You know, in Isaiah uh, chapter 43, still in the book of Isaiah, I bind the spirit of fear over you. I bind every lying devil, every lying symptom, every attack the enemy has brought against you in the name of Jesus. I praise you and I thank you, Father, right now for freedom from my brother and my sister. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, your mighty blessings. I thank you, Father, you always confirm your word with signs following. And I thank you, Father, your word is true. You're not a man that you should lie. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus for strengthening this one today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would strengthen them from the inside out from their spirit I pray the eyes of their understanding be enlightened and opened Father God to the power of almighty God who's living inside of them Hallelujah I praise you Lord I thank you that the lion of Judah is roaring inside this one I praise you Father in Jesus name they will not fear because they trust in you let's read it together in Isaiah chapter 43 fear not oh yeah sorry verse 1 But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Imagine that. God called you by your name, and you belong to him. Say that with me. I will not fear, for God has redeemed me. He has called me by my name. I belong to God, because he purchased me with the precious blood of his son, Jesus. Amen. In verse two, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor will the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy one of Israel, your savior, hallelujah. That's who he is. And that's his promise to you. And and still in Isaiah chapter 43, in verse 18, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will make even a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I don't care what the financial outlook is. I don't care what, even if it's a a terminal diagnosis that has been given to you. I don't care what the human perspective of that is. But listen, God will do a new thing. He will make a road in the wilderness. Even where there was no road, he will make a way. God will make a way because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life. And and praise God, you know, there is nothing impossible to him. And I encourage you today, friend, to meditate on God's word. Use these scriptures. Ask the Lord, Father God, bring those situations that you've been through, whatever it is or whatever trauma is going on. Sit down with the Lord and a notebook and your Bible and say, Father God, write it out even, what it is that's been going on, the anguish in your heart. Write it out and pour your heart out to the Lord and then say Father God will you show me what you have to say about this and I thank you Lord that you are my redeemer you are my deliverer and I ask you to bring deliverance to me in this situation Jesus already did it for you but it's you know it's about you uh, learning and understanding what he's already done he's not going to come down again he's already done it and it's already in his word And his promises are true, and he will never go back in them. And like I said, that's why the enemy has been attacking you and and, and bringing all kinds of of, um, assaults against you in your mind or your heart or whatever, your relationships, your finances. Listen, you're a danger to the devil. You're a danger to him. And just to, to clarify that, have a look at Acts chapter 19. Praise God. We thank you, Father. We worship you. We thank you. You're the God of miracles, Lord. You're the God of majesty, Father. You're the God who sits on the throne in the heavens and laughs at the devil. I praise you and I thank you today in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for your word, Father, and for fresh fire from heaven today on each one of us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise God. In Acts chapter 19, verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the disease left them and the evil spirits went out of them so it was a gift of miracles that was upon Paul and you know even if people brought something as a point of contact and Paul prayed for that person and and they went home and laid that piece of handkerchief or whatever upon that person they were instantly healed this is a dangerous thing because many people uh, you know nowadays it has become perverted and it has become a point of contact of, of sale and, and, and worshipping the creature instead of the creator. And, uh, you know, you have to be careful of that, of things like where people say this is a relic of, of this person's body or something like that. You know, that's idolatry and it's it's actually, um, it is not of the Lord. But here, what it was, was that the Lord uh, gave Paul, he had that spirit, that, that, uh, gift of miracles and that same gift of miracles is available to you because it is the gift of the spirit and we can pray for people and uh, you know The Lord says there's no distance in the spirit. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And we can pray for somebody we know or or somebody who's on your heart and say, Father, I raise them up today to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to open a door to their heart. And I pray for a miracle for that one. And maybe you pray with a member of their family and lay hands on them and say, now you go home and lay hands on them and command that sickness to go in Jesus' name. That's what Paul was was you know doing here just to explain that but anyway in verse 13 then some of the itinerant jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the lord jesus over those who had evil spirits saying we exorcise you by the jesus whom paul preaches also there were seven sons of sceva a jewish chief priest who did so and the evil spirit answered and said jesus i know And Paul I know, but who are you?" Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped upon them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house, naked and wounded. This became known to all the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all and they counted up the value of them and it was totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Hallelujah. This is interesting and this is what I'm talking about. The devil has tried everything he can to bring uh, powerlessness and weakness to the church by keeping them ignorant of the power of God. And these uh, men were not believers. And so they went and they tried to, you know, um, cast out a demon out of somebody who was tormented by a demon in the name of Jesus. But they had not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They did not believe in him. So they said, this Jesus whom Paul preaches, we, we cast you out, we exorcise you, uh, you know, just to see what happens. And, and these were seven. Seven sons of Skiva went to do this to one man who had, uh, you know, was, was uh, oppressed by a devil. And that one man turned around and beat all of these guys up. Uh, uh, so much so that they ran naked and, and bruised out of that building. And, and this caused mighty awe. That they, you see, these were known as sort of um, high priests who, who could, you know, had power. But when it came to it, they had no power. Because there is no power other than the power in the name of Jesus. It is the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of a believer who has received Jesus and asked him to come into their lives as Lord and Savior and have uh, repented for their sins and put their trust in him and obey his word. The power that's available to those, to us who believe, is, uh, you know, it cannot be measured. It is dunamis resurrection power. And for anyone who who dabbles, you know, in in the the magic and and, and the occult and, and the magic arts, the dark arts, you are dabbling with danger because you're dabbling on the devil's, on the devil's plate. And you need to renounce that and repent of it because he is taking people straight to hell and making their lives hell on earth and causing curse to come upon their families for generations because of that. Praise God. But when they when they realized this, many of them who had been dabbling in that brought all their magic books and they counted up to 50,000 pieces of silver. I heard one time a figure being mentioned of almost that would equate today to something like $20 million. They burned in a fire because they repented for what they had been involved with because they saw that they had no power. But the power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah allows us finally let's go and look at it in Mark chapter 16 we finish with this thank you father this went on longer than I had expected but anyway praise God I hope you're prioritizing you know the Lord because plenty of people are prioritizing the news and they're watching it 17 or 45 times a day and it's the same thing over and over again and it's draining them of energy of strength of faith and of hope but the word of God you know any minute you give to the word of God he will fill you with strength and with power and with hope and with deliverance in Jesus name praise God so I don't apologize I don't apologize for the gospel and I don't apologize for the time it takes because you know many people there are many Christians who have no clue at all of the word of God they're going in and out of churches every week and I don't know what they're learning are their ears even open you know praise God all over this world because when you read what's online and, and the things that come out of their mouths and off their... it's crazy, crazy. Hallelujah! In Mark chapter sixteen, Jesus came. Oh yeah, we read this, didn't we, the last day? <laughs> Hallelujah! Later, he rebuked. This is in verse fourteen, Mark sixteen fourteen. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and their hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them He was received up into heaven And sat down at the right hand of God And they went out and preached everywhere The Lord working with them And confirming the word With the accompanying signs In Jesus name And Father I praise you today You know if you want to Press the pause button there for a minute And, and get a piece of bread and a, and a small drink of juice or something And we'll break bread together friend Hallelujah We thank you Father We thank you today we thank you for this time of fellowship together. I thank you, Lord. There is no one isolated or alone because, Father God, if they are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are right there with them. Uh, you know, one of the words or the names of God is Jehovah Shammah, Yahweh Shammah, and it means the Lord is there. He is there with you. That's why he promised to never leave you, never forsake you. And how he accomplishes that is because when the exchange happened at the cross and he, Jesus, became sin and curse for us, he exchanged his righteousness and his right standing with God so that we could be cleansed of all sin and forgiven and set free from the curse that the enemy had brought into our lives. And so then. He reconnected us to God through the power of His Holy Spirit. And He regenerated and gave us a brand new spirit, reconnected to Father God. And that's how we can talk to Him. That's how we can hear His voice. That's how we can read a scripture, you know, having received Jesus um, as Lord and Savior. And suddenly that scripture seems to jump off the page to you and become alive to you. That's because your spirit is now alive to God. And you are joined to him, uh, adopted into his family, and you can run into his arms. He is your Abba, your daddy. You may not have had a daddy on this earth. You may, maybe your dad has gone to be with the Lord. Maybe your dad was never around. Maybe he abandoned you. I don't know what the circumstances are, but I'm telling you, you have a daddy, a papa, Abba in heaven who loves you and who, whose arms are, are out towards you, waiting for you to run into his arms and snuggle in on his lap and be loved and cared for and protected as his sh- sheep. He is your shepherd. And just finally in Psalm 23, you know, that's what David, that's what David was writing about from here when he wrote this psalm. And I, it, it grieves me that this is a psalm that's seen as a kind of a funeral psalm. This is not a psalm for funerals and death. This is a psalm of life and of joy. Hallelujah. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I will never be in need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. You know, the shepherd brings his sheep to the best grass, to the places, you know, where the best grass is. And when the sheep have finished eating all the grass in one place, he will lift the fences and bring them to another pasture and fence them in there. The shepherd will bring them to the best food and, and nourish them. And that's what God does for us. He leads me beside the still waters, beside the. Water. Praise God, hallelujah. He restores my soul. So it's this waters of rest. At this place where the shepherd brings his sheep then, you know, to the best water, give them fresh water, a place where they can lie down in safety, a place where there will be no, uh, you know, predators uh, attacking them. The shepherd watches over them to protect them, to keep them fenced in, to keep them in a safe place. And then, you know, those sheep can lie down and really rest. How many Christians right now are even in turmoil themselves because their foundation, uh, you know, of the Word of God is not what it should be. They, they, they don't know enough of the Word. They've been kept ignorant, maybe through lack of teaching or maybe because the, they have never received a baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Praise God. He restores your soul. That word restores, it means refreshes. He brings refreshment to your whole being. And you know, that's what he was talking about when he said, you know, that there's a river flowing. It's in Ezekiel 47, it's in Revelation 22. There's a river that flows from the presence of God. He says in in Romans chapter 3, you know, that when we repent and turn from evil and turn from sin. So that times of refreshment can come from the presence of God. It's only through the power of the Spirit of God as uh, from his presence comes this river of life. Remember that river of life in, in Ezekiel 47? And Ezekiel, you know, first of all, he had to get into his ankles, then to his knees, then to his hips, and then he went so far into the river that he actually had to start physically swimming. And, and that's what God wants you to do. There's that taking the weight off of you and allowing you to flow with his current to to be, uh, you know, carried by the presence of God and carried by his uh, river of life that's flowing through you. Jesus said, you know, if you thirst, whoever thirsts, come to me. He said, out of your... Um, belly out of your heart out of your spirit will flow rivers of living water so that living water is not just to refresh you but that you when you are refreshed can go and refresh others there's power in that you know friend he leads you in the paths of righteousness for his namesake yea though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death even though you're going through deep darkness listen you need fear no evil for he God is with you, his rod, that's his authority, and his staff, they comfort you. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies, protection, preservation. He anoints your head with oil. The oil there is representative of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. He anoints you with the Holy Spirit and with power. Remember that? That's what happened to Jesus in Acts chapter 10. That's what Paul was was writing about there. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. You are Jesus' representative today because you are part of the body of Christ. And that's what he wants to do through you. In your workplace, in your occupation, in your career, in your family, to your children, in your, you know, in your community. God wants to use you to bring refreshment, to bring uh, the love of God, to bring peace, to bring the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever you go. He wants you to be a light. And the devil has been doing his utmost to quench your light so and to paralyze you and cripple you with problems, with uh, you know turmoil, with whatever the issue has been, sickness, poverty, abuse, lack of, of, of relationship, whatever it is that he's been trying to cripple you with. And all the time, God has been waiting for you to come to the knowledge of him and to lay down and be refreshed in his arms and allow him to be your shepherd as you yield, yield your life. And here's the crux of the problem. Many people don't want to yield authority and, and, and ownership of their life. You see, people talk about Jesus is my saviour, but is he Lord? Is he Lord? Is he owner, master of your life? Because if he is, then you need to uh, you know, live your life led by his spirit, obeying his word and carrying out his, his purposes on this earth and not your own. My cup runs over. There's abundance there. Jesus said, that's why he said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Abundant life. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's eternal security. Eternal security because of the covenant of the blood that Jesus Christ wrote in his blood so that we could be saved and healed and delivered and set free and as we break bread today friend that's what we're doing he said do this in remembrance of me as often as you eat this bread a piece of bread he took he broke it he blessed it he gave thanks for it and then he gave a bit to each one of his disciples and he said you do this in remembrance of me you take a piece of bread a bit of cracker whatever it is you break it and you share it you know, if you've, if you've got... Um, that's what they were doing in, in the first church. They were going around from house to house, breaking bread and fellowshipping with each other, reading the scriptures, praying and praising the Lord. And the Lord added to their number daily. And the Lord created and, and did mighty miracles through that church at that time. And he wants to do that today, friend. And maybe, just maybe, that's why people are being driven back into their homes. Maybe, just maybe, that the Lord will use this to turn this whole thing around, that people will come to fellowship with each other and with God. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have the Word of God inside of yourself, uh, you have nothing. It doesn't matter how much money, and you know there are people all over the world today and they have so much money they don't know what to do with it, and yet they're not happy. They have no peace. As we take this bread today, we break it. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for it. And we thank you for the fellowship with each other. And we thank you for the power that this bread, this piece of cracker, this biscuit, or whatever it is that that it represents. It represents your body that was broken so that our bodies could be healed. It represents your mind that was tormented and in anguish so that we could have peace in our minds. It represents your life where you gave everything you had. Jesus was not poor, you know. It says he became poor Uh, so that we could be rich. He was not poor. The soldiers fought over the garment that he was wearing because it was woven from one piece of cloth. It was a very expensive garment he was wearing. Jesus was not poor. He had plenty of money and provision. His provision came from God. So, you know, uh, you need to get right with that in your mind. God wants you to be provided for. He wants you to be wealthy, but, you know, not for the wealth to have you. Many people quote that scripture. Oh, money is the root of all evil. No, it is not. It is the love of money that's the root of all evil. Money is a tool and money is needed in order to uh, be able to eat and be able to pay for housing and cars and clothing and food and you know money's a tool and don't be a a tool to it let money be a tool in your hand to do good and to minister to others so jesus became poor that we would be rich and lord jesus we praise you today we remember what you did That by your stripes, we are healed and we eat this bread together. We proclaim your name, Jesus, and we proclaim your death and resurrection until you come back again. Amen. You can take the bread. Let me take the cup, a little drink of juice or water, whatever you have. Father, we come to you today and we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for this covenant, the new covenant that you wrote in the blood of your son, Jesus. His blood now sits on the mercy seat in front of your throne. And because of his blood, we can come before you as your children, reconciled to you in total righteousness, forgiven of our sins. Father, we ask forgiveness for every sin in our lives, Lord. We ask you to forgive us and cleanse us in the name of Jesus. We ask you to forgive us for all the times when we have messed up in Jesus name and we thank you today we receive your washing and cleansing by the blood of Jesus and this drink this this um, taking this cup reminds us that Jesus's blood was shed so that we could be cleansed and forgiven and we take this cup today Lord in remembrance of you Jesus and we do this in remembrance of your death and your resurrection and we proclaim Lord Jesus that you are Lord and Savior that you died on the cross for our sins and that God raised you from the dead so that we could be acquitted and set free and delivered from all evil. And we thank you, Lord, that every curse is broken. We declare in the name of Jesus that we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we rejoice today in the God of our salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can take the drink now. Praise God. Lord, we praise you and we thank you. We thank you, Father God, that no matter how dark things are and how dark things seem, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would shine your glory light into our hearts, into our lives, into our uh, jobs and businesses, Father, that you would give people witty inventions, witty ideas. Father, that you would uh, give creative miracles to people. Father, I release today in the name of Jesus miracles of salvation miracles of healing miracles of provision because lord you are our good shepherd and we honor you and praise you today in jesus name amen hallelujah god bless you friend
1: to me now
2: 64. Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Guard my life from dread of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the throng of the workers of iniquity. They sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the blameless. Suddenly, they shoot at him and do not fear. They harm themselves in an evil manner. They talk privately of laying snares. They say, Who will see them? They devise injustice, saying, We have perfected a secret plot. But the inward thought of men and the heart are deep. For God will suddenly shoot them with an arrow. They will be wounded. They will bring ruin on themselves by their own tongues. All who see them will flee away. All people will fear and declare the work of God. They will wisely consider his deeds. The righteous will be led in the Lord and seek refuge in him and all day upright in heart with glory. Amen. The Aaronic blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom in Jesus name. Amen.